the pain of staying the same was worse than the fear of the unknown. And so I was willing to jump out into the unknown without knowing how I would land. And that was scary. But there's also something really empowering about that. There's something really enlivening about that. I'm taking ownership of my life. And to me, I'm more interested in fulfilling than a numbed out easiness that is considered normalcy. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of A Congruent Life, the podcast where we share stories of authenticity and reinvention. My name is Andy Gray, and I'm honored that you're joining me in these conversations. On this episode, we're talking with Jacob Sokol. Jacob had all the trappings of a successful life in New York City, but longed for more passion and purpose. So he set off to find it, and he deliberately and consciously designed the kind of life he was enthusiastic about. He ended up creating Sensophy a blog that chronicled his journey and evolved into a business helping others live extraordinary lives. Here's our conversation. Today we're talking with Jacob Sokol, who started a coaching business called Sensify. Jacob, welcome to A Congruent Life. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for reaching out. You've been on my list of someone that I wanted to invite to the show for quite a while, and so I really appreciate you reaching out to do this interview. Can we maybe start by just telling us a little bit about what Sensify is and talk a little bit about the unique philosophy behind your company? Sure. So Sensify really comes from two root words. And the first is sense. And sense is to feel like your senses or sensational. And Sophie means uh, wisdom, like philosophy or sophisticated. And is, so it's the feeling of wisdom. And why is why is that relevant? Well, I realized when I was kind of, you know, on the, the, the beginning of my uh online journey, let's say about six years ago, that there's all this content out there. And many of us are probably familiar with the the phrase that knowledge is power. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not really sure about that these days. Like there's tons of knowledge, tons on Google, right? Like, does that actually mean that that's, that's helpful? And I realized that there's, that, that not knowing is not enough that we must do and that learning equals behavior change. And so there was really something, you know, important for me to realize that it wasn't about having a bunch of information. It was about the embodiment of the wisdom that I was most passionate about. And when we embody the things that are most inspiring to us, then we have sense of fee. Then we have that feeling of wisdom that we've all felt from time to time. And so what is it that sense of fee does? Well, like what, what's the mission of your company? I don't want to get too poetic here, but I'm going to. Go for and it. so so the way that I've been seeing it through my own lens, and I'm not sure if this is the language that other people will will most resonate with, but it's the language that most resonates with me, is that I help people get what their soul is asking for. And you know, the soul, what is that? It's a really intangible thing. So it's like, ah, like what what the hell does that actually mean? Coming from someone like me who's, you know, grew up in a family that didn't take any action unless they could see the next five actions in advance uh, and being in a very 
you know, pragmatic job. I was an IT consultant, you know how to use my head. Uh, then there's kind of this craziness of like, what do you mean the soul? So we could say, you know, another way to kind of say that is, well, I help people get what they want, whether they realize what they want or not. And sometimes people come to me, you know, thinking that they don't like their job and so they want a new job. But when we actually go deep enough, it's like, no, what they really want is the freedom to be who they really are and express the parts of themselves that society told them and they've internalized are not okay to be expressed, whether that's being more emotional or um, more powerful or whatever that might be. So, uh, on, on, you know, if you were to ask what are some of the biggest challenges we help people with, um, oftentimes it is to uh, people who are craving to live with a deeper sense of purpose, who are looking to have more of a sustainable sense of happiness and fulfillment instead of these high highs and low lows and people who are inspired to get paid to do what they love and make a meaningful impact in the world. And then, so those are all fun kind of like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that. But then looking at the challenges that, that how we, how we stop ourselves from making that happen. Perfect. The depth of that answer is exactly why I think that your mission is so resonant with the mission of this show. And so I'm really glad to have you as a guest. You know, talking about getting what you want, it always comes back to self. So can you talk a little bit about maybe some of your own journey? And in particular, I love to focus on these pivotal points in our lives where we realize that things aren't working for us and then have some sort of wherewithal to basically step back and say, okay, let's, let's dig into this and actually try to make a change that is more aligned with the vision that we have for ourselves. So maybe tell us a little bit of your story and, and how you reached that transition point in your own life. Yeah, and I, I love this kind of focus on coming to terms with the reality that there's something about life that isn't working right now, even though if logically it seems to be working, on a deeper level, there's this intuition or there's this thing that we haven't been wanting to pay attention to that really shows us and tells us, hey, something something's off here. And so to go into my story, you know, I remember being in first grade and looking at my teacher and kind of laughing at her thinking like you're going to tell me about how to live life and not from some egocentric bratty standpoint but and maybe there's a little bit of that but more from a standpoint of like the 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 story that society told me about the way life is I don't believe it I think you're all full of shit. I think that this is some Truman Show thing happening here, some Matrix thing happening here. And obviously, I didn't know those movies, but that was the kind of feeling that I had was like, there's something fundamentally off about the rules about the way that we're supposed to live. And so because I didn't know how to really articulate that to myself or to anyone else, you know, I, I acted out a lot and I, you know, did a bunch of, wrote a bunch of graffiti and did a bunch of drugs and got arrested. And it wasn't like I was this really bad kid. I kind of always just got myself in enough trouble to not make it that serious of trouble. But at the same time, it wasn't that I was bad. It was just that I, I didn't know how to live in a system that I felt was, was fundamentally flawed. And I didn't know what to do about it or, or how to deal with that. And so when I fast forward a bit and you go to the point where I'm now in my early 20s, I've got a successful IT job. I'm making good money for someone my age. I've got a promising career. I've got my two-bedroom apartment, my car, my motorcycle, my fancy dinners with friends, my wardrobes. You know, I've, I've, I've now I'm playing the game that society tells me I should play. And on the outside you see success, but on the inside, what you don't see is that I'm a mess. 
And that meant that I had a lot of thoughts that were um, filled with shame about not being enough, not being smart enough, not being funny enough. My self-worth felt like it was always on the line. Like your validation meant that I was either good enough or not good enough. And, you know, I had borderline OCD and I would obsess over things like that. And I didn't, I didn't know what OCD was. I'm just, ex- I was experiencing it. I didn't know what a panic attack was. I was just going through it. And that makes it even more painful and more crazy because we don't have language. When we have language and awareness over something, we can kind of take some of the power back away from it because we realize, oh, this is just kind of what's happening. And oh, okay, well, then here's what we can do about it. Um, so I had lots of this and I felt really uncomfortable in my skin. I felt like I could never let my guard down because if I did, something would slip out about me not being enough. And the the kind of cherry on top that exponentially multiplied everything here all of the the pain was that i'm like dude you know why aren't i just happy like i've got a good life like what the you know there's people in parts of the world that don't have clean water to drink or who are at war like here i am like you know in some comfortable chair with like air conditioning in the office and like what the hell why can't i just be happy uh, but still, you know, navigating all of these challenges that I brought up mixed with this feeling of there's got to be something more. There's got to be another way to live. And I can't go on like this forever. Um, so we can we can dive in any part of this that you want or take it anywhere you want to go. The first part of your story is actually pretty common. I mean, there's a lot of people that get to that place in their lives. And I'm playing the game in the language that you used. I followed all the rules. I've gotten to the point that I was, quote unquote, supposed to get to at this point. And feeling that sense of benign sense of anxiety, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in big ways. I think the uncommon piece, though, is for people to actually take action on that. So when you were at that point in your life, what kinds of things did you do to dig into that and try to reorient your life? You know, I feel badly that people don't feel more badly because when you feel so badly, you don't have time to sit around and think about it. Like if there's fire under you, you just fucking move ass, right? You just go. And that was me. I just, I was in so much psychological pain that then, you know, we are holistic beings. So it's not like you just feel pain in your psyche and that doesn't affect your emotions or your spirituality or your physiology as well. Uh, it's all connected. And so I was just in so much pain and didn't know what to do about it that I, the, the pain of staying the same was worse than the fear of the unknown. And so I was willing to jump out into the unknown without knowing how I would land. And that was scary, but there's also something really empowering about that. There's something really enlivening about that. There's something really um, kind of like I, I'm I'm gonna I'm taking ownership of my life, and it wasn't necessarily easy, but it was, and and it's still not always easy, but it is fulfilling. And to me, I'm more interested in fulfilling than a numbed out easiness that is considered normalcy. Uh, so. To me, you know, that was my situation. But if you are listening, you know, there is another way to do it. You don't need to be so deep in pain. I'm not going to tell you to go take a bunch of drugs right now in order to, you know, hit rock bottom before you make a change in your life. There, there is another way. And the other way is, 
you see, these initial emotions that I'm speaking about, this kind of fear, anger, worry, these are all low moods. I'm not going to call them bad moods, but low moods, low levels of consciousness. And I don't demonize them because they're part of being human. I, I go through them. You know, I was sad this morning. Like we, we all go through emotions. So it's not that they're, I don't mean low as in there's something wrong with them. There's just, it's just low, right? No, no judgment. It's just they're low moods. Uh, and so what happens if, if you think of like these different levels of consciousness as like a ladder, we call it the ladder of consciousness, the very bottom we have death. It's like absolute, you know, no consciousness. And then above it is like fear. And then above that is anger. And then above that is worry. And if you keep going, you know, all the way up to the top of the ladder at the very, very top, you're going to have spirit. And then you're going to have uh, creativity excitement, you know, uh, contribution, like these other kind of um, states to be in, let's say. And, uh, and then in the middle, this is the dangerous place in the middle, then you have like, you know, comfort, contentment. It's like, you know, this kind of passive resigning to like, yeah, man, life is good. Nothing needs to change. But like something is missing, but I'm not going to really like, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to value my like, my like, instant gratification and temporary pleasure more than anything else. And and that's as a society oftentimes where we can fall into. So what can you do to then bring yourself to these higher levels of consciousness? Because here's the thing, we take action when we're either really low on the la- on the ladder of consciousness or really high on the ladder of consciousness. So when we're in a lot of uh, fear, we, we want to take action. We want to do something. We want to move. Um, but also when we're in a state of inspiration, right, then we want to move or excitement, then we want to move also, then we want to take action. So the name of the game here is how do you go from being lower on the ladder to higher on the ladder? And one way is, you know, taking LSD. Now, LSD is not what you think it means. LSD is laughing, singing, dancing, things that bring that spirit back into us and raise our mood and put us in a better mood. And that might also be exercise, yoga, running, meditation. Um, really, I find things that kind of get us into our body, out of our head, which often can be filled with anger and fear and worry and kind of neuroses, and into the flow, into movement, into our body, uh, into deep breathing and into inspiration. And, you know, this is might sound a bit kind of woo-woo or out there, um, but the science also shows this really clearly. You know, positive psychology is a field dedicated to uh, social science and even, you know, with brain scans, MRIs, neuroscience, we see really clearly that when we're at our best, we perform at our best. In other words, when we feel our best, we perform at our best. Um, so, so that's for everyone who's listening is like, man, I don't want to hit rock bottom before I change. Well, you know, are you exercising every day? Are you meditating? Are you, what are the things that work for you that help raise your spirit and keep you in that place of high consciousness? And then to continuously take action, um, from those places moment to moment and day to day. I love the phrase taking ownership of your life. And particularly when you line that up with the analogy that you were just drawing about this dangerous place in the middle, it seems like that dangerous place in the middle is basically the antithesis of taking ownership of your life, but rather just being in a place of contentment or drifting, allowing things to be done to you rather than you actively engaging in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's going to be this passiveness, this kind of resigning to, you know, well, that's just the way it is. And, and you know, I get that there's something working 
there's a force that, that's larger than us here, and you can call that whatever you want. You can call it nature. You could call it the weather. You could call it God. You could call it whatever it is. Um, and so I get that there is a surrender to what's happening at large, but I actually don't really – some people use the word surrender. I actually view it more as an alignment, aligning with nature, aligning with uh, the laws of the universe, which there are laws of the universe. Karma is a law of the universe. I mean, it just kind of works. Uh, and um, and so figuring out – and that's kind of been my quest is to figure out what are these universal principles of how to – of how life works and then and then how do we align ourselves with these and then further, how do we stay in alignment once we find that? Maybe if you want to describe it as grounding or uh, maintaining that alignment with, with nature, with whatever that, that deeper source is. What are some ways that you do that? Well, it, it would be all the things that I had just mentioned. So, you know, I wake up and I meditate every day and I, I've been going to the gym, you know, waking up 6.30 in the morning and I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of the door and at the gym by, you know, 7, 7.15. Um, having my green smoothie. It's, it's the mundane, unsexy, non-holy shit, that's the most genius idea in the world, things that when you do them, you know, every day and build them into your life, uh, that is the kind of scaffolding that never lets me fall as low as I, I would if I wasn't doing these things that really mattered to me. So, so that's the first and foremost, paying attention to, are you taking care of yourself? And knowing that, you know, it's okay to uh, to feel challenged. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to, you know, be nervous or worried or in fear or angry. Um, and to allow myself to feel those things without demonizing them, to actually sit in the sadness instead of try to repress it because it's a immoral or unspiritual emotion. But like, no, like this morning I was sad. I told my girl, like, we're on the couch and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling the sadness this morning. Instead of like, I need to hide this, I need to man up, I need to whatever, just to allow ourselves to be fully human and to experience what we're experiencing. And then to also say, okay, like, this is my like one precious life. What the hell am I going to be most energized to use my time on this planet doing that would be most inspiring and most useful uh, for me and, and, you know, then for the planet at large. And so like, what inspires you? What do you love to do so much that you would spend the next 10 years of your life working in this direction because it's just that meaningful? And it's not about knowing the exact path. It's just about knowing the attributes of that path. So I'd be spending time with people who are awesome and they would talk about things that actually mattered to me. And so what are those things? And when you have that deep enough why and you, you're connected so deeply to your purpose or to your heart, then the inevitable challenges that come up are just challenges. They're not signs that there's something wrong with you or life or that you should, you know, go the other way. It's just like, it's just part of growth. It's, it's challenge. The mission of this show, I Can Grow at Life, is really about exploring these themes of authenticity and reinvention, as I, as I mentioned to you. So in the context of all of this that you're saying, what does living authentically or congruently mean to you? I hope that for everyone who's listening that just hearing me now is an example of that. Instead of me trying to take it into a practical, theoretical, you could go write about it in a textbook type of way, just getting a sense of my energy and the fact that like how different would I be right now if I was hiding the fact that I experienced some sadness this morning or that I go through my own challenges. Uh, to me, I guess it means to just be human and just be yourself and just really look at 
what shame do you have that's in there? Because, you know, shame is so, so, so deadly. Uh, if you try to build anything in your life on, um, when you have shame in there, it's like trying to build a house on sand versus a house on land. Uh, you can be doing all the same things and wondering, why is this not working? There's got to be something wrong with me. And that just adds more shame to you. And the reality is, is like, no, you just, you know, we got to go in and Carl Jung, one of the pioneers of psychology as a whole, um, he, you know, he has this quote. He says, we don't become enlightened by imagining figures of light. We become enlightened by bringing the darkness to light. And so it's looking at the places within ourselves that feel like, oh, man, I would rather die than look at that place. And when we do, when we're willing to go into that fear, we dissolve it. We dissolve fear by going into fear, not by, you know, running away from it, not by trying to talk ourselves out of it. It's like, no. Um, and that's the same thing with many of the emotions. Like my willingness to feel sadness is not – instead of trying to do a reframe like, oh, well, there's another way to look at it. Like, yeah, I know there's another way to look at it. But first, let me feel the emotion so I can – if you want to heal it, you need to feel it. Let me feel it so I can process it. And then as a result – um, cool, I processed it. Now I can look at it a different way. But let me, let me get that part congruent first. So, uh, for me, you know, a congruent life really has to do with, as you're saying, being authentic and being willing to be more you than is socially acceptable. I've got a huge beef with the word normal, right? Normal is this social construction that society and giant corporations have invented to keep us trapped and feeling insecure and not enough so that we purchase more products, feel more more insecure. And then when we have that product, holy shit, I'm finally good enough until three months later when that new phone comes out or the next version of that item comes out. And then suddenly, you know, we're not enough. And so really taking ownership of your self-esteem and of your self-worth. And the way to do that is self-esteem comes from integrity. So are you in integrity with the things that matter most to you? And are you in integrity with your word? And when you are in integrity, that self-esteem is unshakable no matter what's going on on the outside or whatever you're working on, even if it doesn't go the way that you would have hoped it goes, even if you bomb miserably on stage or on a project that you're working on. When you know that you're in integrity with the things that matter most to you, that self-esteem is unshakable. So many amazing themes that we could dig deep into all of these. But what's going on in your life right now? What current projects are you excited about? What brings you that passion and purpose that you talk about? Well, after running an online business for, well, Sensify has existed for about five and a half years now, uh, something around that. And it wasn't necessarily a business when I started. It was just kind of me being passionate about these ideas and hoping that if I wrote about them, that it might help some other people as well. So after doing that for some time and then, you know, okay, I want to get paid to do what I love. So how can I get paid to do this and et cetera, et cetera. But I've spent a lot of time in front of the computer and about, uh, about two years ago now, I did my first retreat, which is in Bali. And I brought together a group of 18 people from all over the world. And these are people who all cared about living with a deeper sense of purpose, more fulfillment, and doing work that was meaningful to them. And to navigate the challenges that arise when living with more growth, more excitement, more contribution, more authenticity, more connection. And, you know, I, I was like, I had this moment of like, holy crap, like you guys are real. Like, sure, I can count the stats on my Google Analytics and see how many people are coming to my site, but like, I'm like, I can hug you. Like, you are what? You're real? And there's, and I've, I had been coaching on the phone at that point for 
I don't know, three years probably. And so I got to know people quite intimately and personally. They shared things with me that, you know, they'd never shared ever before with anybody, some people. Uh, but being with someone in person and in this setting just it blew me away. And so, uh, so I have another retreat coming up in January. I'm stoked. We're sold out and ready to go. And I'm leaving the Bali in two weeks. And, um, uh, yeah. So I love that. I'm deeply passionate about that. And, and I'm experimenting with how am I most excited to take the things that we're talking about in this conversation and get them to the people who can use them the most. The reality is, is that for everyone who's listening, who's inspired and excited to do something, work that actually matters to them, well, guess what? That's really good news because there are a shit ton of people out in the world who are suffering, who are in fear, who have frustrations, who are in pain, who are wishing that life was another way. And they're dealing with those things that line up perfectly with what you're most passionate to help about. So oftentimes the only thing that gets in the way of us making the impact that we want to make is us and that ego of ours and that unwillingness to look stupid and that, oh, but who am I to do that, right? What nerve do I have or, or this deserving thing? Do I deserve to be able to do that? Anything that puts the focus on us, who am I? Do I deserve it? Am I worth it? Do I have enough credentials? Any, any ego-focused thing, we don't realize it's ego-focused, but it is. And the way in order to break through that and to get into the impact that you desire to make and as a result, the money that comes with valuably helping people with with challenges and making a difference in their life is by dissolving the ego. And instead of focusing on who am I to do this, do I deserve it, is to actually say, well, forget me for a second. What's going on? How am I – you know, what well, – uh, how might I be able to help? Uh, well, have you tried this? Are you open if I ask some questions? Like, can, can I help you with this? Can I try? I, I don't have all the answers, but let's, let's look at this and to kind of take that approach. Um, so you, and as far as the ego, cause I, I've really, you know, talked a bunch of shit about the ego right now. Let me just kind of address that directly. The ego itself, um, I don't mean to demonize it. You can use your ego in service to your soul. There is a way for me to say, oh, well, I'm Jacob Sokol. You know, I've interviewed these, you know, famous people or I've done these projects. And as a result of that, I can kind of use that ego and that uh, credibility in order to get me opportunities to serve in alignment with my soul at a greater capacity. And, and now I'm going into some finer distinctions here, but I did want to kind of paint that. Generally speaking, the ego is the thing that stops us from getting into the service that our heart desires. So for everyone who's listening, just let go of this question of who am I to do that? What, you know, what, what does that mean about me? Stop focusing on yourself. Open up your heart and focus on the thing that you want to serve, the person you want to help, and, uh, and get into that momentum and momentum builds on itself. As you stay committed to that, you'll be crazy inspired to see where that goes over a long-term vision. Wonderful stuff, Jacob. Is there a final thought that you'd like to leave us with about authenticity? Well, I have a final thought. It's not directly related to authenticity, but when you know, I, I really was looking around. I've been into personal development for 10 years and I've been looking around at, okay, well, you know, what is the best stuff out there? What's most powerful? What's proven to work? And I came across a field called positive psychology, which is basically the science of happiness. It's, uh, it's the academic world and all of the, you know, qualitative research that exists there mixed with brain scans, MRIs, neuroscience, kind of the latest and greatest in 
uh, technology and in research and applied to happiness, fulfillment, success, goals, motivation. And so I, I geeked out really hardcore on this field and I actually wrote a little article called 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. Uh, somehow the article has gotten shared over a hundred thousand times on Facebook and it just kind of took off. It's just one of these, you know, there, there's something in there that's really powerful. And I look at these 12 scientifically proven things that when we do these things, we become happier and more fulfilled. And so people can grab a copy of that for free if they want to head on over to uh, my website. And I created a really simple uh, domain name so they can do that. You can just go to thankyoujacob.com. Thankyoujacob.com. It'll take you right over to the site. You can opt in and then keep in touch. You'll, you'll get an email from me, uh, when you opt in and shoot me an email back and let me know, yo, I heard your crazy ass on that show. And like that, I hear I really like that one thing you said. And, um, I'm in this for the long haul. So, uh, I love building relationships and, uh, thanks for taking the time today. Well, Jacob Sokol, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and great conversation and really appreciate you taking the time to appear on the show today. All right. You got it, dude. Have a good one. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Jacob Sokol. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 64 or acongruentlife.net slash Sokol, which is spelled S-O-K-O-L. Thanks to those of you who have been supporting the show. I really appreciate all the emails and reviews. You guys reaching out. It's been great to hear from you. If you're enjoying what we're up to here at Aiken Grunt Life, I'd really appreciate it if you would take just a quick minute to leave a review for the show on either iTunes or Stitcher. You can do that really easily, just aikengruentlife.net slash iTunes or aikengruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Aiken Grunt Life. Looking forward to sharing a bunch of great interviews with you, so keep watching your podcast feed, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Aiken Grunt Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.